Hey friend, today we are diving into a few habits that you might be doing that are contributing to or maybe even causing your pelvic floor issues. There are certain things that I have found after working with hundreds of different women dealing with pelvic floor dysfunction and finding that there's a common thread of habits and patterns that we all do. And I am guilty of these, you guys. I dive in this episode with a lot of my own kind of aha wow moments because I do talk about this all the time. I teach and coach on this all the time. But it's still something that as I check in with my body, I'm finding some of these habits still at play. So I hope that you stay tuned for today's episode. It's packed full of goodies for you and just helps you kind of pull apart some habits and patterns that you might be doing that are contributing to your pelvic floor issues. So let's dive right in. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Desiree Cassell. I'm an orthopedic and pelvic floor physical therapist specializing in women's health, aka pelvic floor. I'm a wife, mom of three, foodie, lover of all things movement in nature, and I'm super passionate about educating, empowering, and supporting other women like you to find and maintain balance throughout all aspects of their lives without pain, pressure, or peeing their pants. And this is the Balanced Momtality Podcast where we will talk about all things pelvic floor, your core, and optimizing your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery, providing you with the knowledge and tools so that you can feel like the strong, playful, and happy mom that you and your family deserve. Now let's get you out of those pads and back to loving movement. Fill up your water, pop in those AirPods, roll out your mat, and let's connect. Before we start today's episode, just a quick disclaimer that anything mentioned in this podcast is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical conditions. If you have any questions or concerns about your healthcare needs, please seek the care of your medical provider. This is also a safe space where we will be talking about very sensitive but important topics such as issues with peeing and pooping, relationships, and even sex. So if you have littles around, probably a good idea to pop those AirPods in. But otherwise, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey friend, today we are diving into five habits that you might be doing that are bad for your pelvic floor. So we're just going to jump right in. Um, I think, you know, it's been really interesting as I work with patients and just seeing, even with myself, honestly, because I've been doing this for years and just this, I keep finding new things that I'm even doing with myself that aren't good. You know, I am telling all these other people how they should be moving throughout their day and to make sure they're not doing all these things. And I still am doing some, it shows up in really weird ways. And so it's something to just always keep in mind and be aware of and just check in. I think it's really powerful to have frequent body checks with yourself. I use that obnoxious mindfulness reminder on my Apple watch as a mindfulness reminder, actually. Um, I use it as a body check. So I really, you know, head to toe screen for tension and posture and just take some clearing breaths just because if we can frequently check in with our body and kind of remind it 
where we should hold our muscle tone, where we should hold our body and our joints and our posture, that frequent attention and frequent reminder to the brain really starts to rewire that pattern and makes it so that your brain is making it more of an automatic thing. And so these are just some habits that are both um, in our body and out of our body that uh, I find many people do regularly to the point where I have to kind of deep dive to see if they're even doing these things because they are so normalized. Um, and so let's just start with number one. The number one thing that I see um, people doing all the time that you're probably not aware of that's not very good for you is going to the bathroom just in case. <laughs> and I know as moms, uh, especially my mom, sorry to call you out, mom, but you're the worst at this. <laughs> and most moms are, you know, we do. It's that just in case we're going to the store, everybody, let's go to the bathroom. Oh, we're driving out of town. Let's go to the bathroom. You know, those are the times where we're going just just in case where you don't actually feel the urge to go. But hey, I know I'm not going to be around a bathroom. So let's go just in case, especially those little kids. We don't want to get stuck out in the middle of the store or out at a park and they have to go to the bathroom. So we might as well make them go just in case. But unfortunately, what this does is it retrains our brain bladder reflex and it starts to make it so that well, one, you're not fully filling your bladder and so it's not ever really stretching and it is a muscle and it needs to stretch. So we wanna make sure that we're allowing it to do that so that it can hold those long periods of time between bathroom trips maybe on the road trip or if you're taking a test or overnight, you know, um, working on this habit during the day can really have an impact on how many times you're going to the bathroom at night because it's making sure your bladder is able to stretch and hold so that during the nighttime it can stretch and hold. Unfortunately, what this also leads to with that rewiring of the brain bladder reflex is it actually starts to give your body the urge to go to the bathroom. So even if you're not full, you will actually get that sensation that you are full. You will have that urgency like, oh man, I need to go pee. Even though you maybe just went like 30 minutes ago or again, like my mom, she'll go like, five times in 15 minutes before she leaves to go out of town. <laughs> and so if you're just going, you know, it, the normal interval is two to four hours. You should be able to hold it for at least two hours. If you are going every 30 minutes, if you are going every hour, if you are even going every hour and a half, that is too much. I do not care how much water you are drinking because <laughs> that's the, that's the, uh, the fight back I get. Oh, but I drink so much water. Yes, I pee all the time, but I drink so much water. <laughs> but you guys, it's actually pretty rare that people are drinking enough water. And usually the people that are quote unquote drinking a ton of water are just barely hitting their minimum amount of water for the day. And it is a slow fill rate for the bladder. It's about two hours. So it takes time. And if you are going super regularly, there are a lot of things that can be causing that. I will do another episode on that another time. But my tip for you for this is just stop. <laughs> stop going just in case. Start listening to your body. Only go when you have the urge. 
This is really, and again, this is why I'm going to do another episode on this, because this can get tricky. You might even say, I have the urge every 30 minutes. I have to go. Um, And stay tuned, because I will do an episode on how we can rewire that and why that urge is something that we also may not always trust, Um, especially if it's telling us we need to go that regularly, because there are a lot of factors with that. So I will do an episode on that another time. But habit number one, going just in case, stop it right now all of you mamas um start listening to your body first thing you know and with our kids i've changed it you know with my own kids instead of phrasing we're going to the bathroom or we're going to the store everyone needs to go to the bathroom um i started asking them do you need to go to the bathroom i really want them to be in tune with their body and what their body needs so again do you need to go to the bathroom if not hold it Okay, habit number two that I find um, is super common is just clenching. So clenching those glutes, clenching the um, pelvic floor, clenching your abs. These are all pieces of our core. And you know, our glutes aren't necessarily a part of that core system, but they're super close to it, right? So if you visualize that pelvic girdle, the pelvic floor is the bottom um, outlet of that pelvic girdle and the glutes are on the outside and they come and connect into a lot of the same spaces that the pelvic floor does. And so if we are constantly clenching your glutes or your butt muscles, those pelvic floor muscles are also feeling that increase in tone and tension and are probably also clenching a little bit. So just start being aware of that clenching. Again, is it your pelvic floor? Are you clenching your pelvic floor because you're stressed or because you're trying to hold in pee or gas or maybe you have really bad IBS and you're constantly clenching your pelvic floor to keep you from leaking stool? Um, Or maybe you're clenching your butt. You guys, this is one of those things that, again, I've talked about this so much with so many patients. So I just figured, I'm not doing this. Um, however, I'm still doing this. It's when I'm focusing, I've realized, um, when I'm doing the dishes, I find myself clenching. So I've since put on some music so I can kind of dance and keep my hips loose and keep myself from clenching because I think I'm just so stuck in the rhythm of what I need to do that my body just kind of locks up where it's at. Um, the other time I've noticed glute clenching is when I'm working on a patient because I'm just focusing on their body and I'm not really in tune to what my body is doing. And so it is interesting as I kind of screen myself and realize, oh, you're actually doing things that you shouldn't be too and trying to break those habits myself. Um, And then with the ab clenching, you guys, this is unfortunately way too common, especially with females. Um, But sucking in our gut and clenching our gut and trying to constantly keep tone in our abs, sucking in, it is so freaking bad. If you visualize that core system being that balloon that I've discussed in many other episodes, right? It's this balloon system and it needs to be able to fully expand and fully retract When we are clenching our abs constantly, it's like putting a rubber band in the middle of that balloon and you can visualize pressure now going down onto the pelvic floor and up into the diaphragm, making breathing harder, putting you at risk for prolapse, hemorrhoids, you know, this is not good. 
clenching your abs is not ideal, especially, um, you know, we might do this not consciously. I know many women who do consciously do this where they're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I've been like sucking in my gut since I was a teenager because I just wanted to, you know, have that thinner abdomen or I felt like I was told I needed to hold tone in my belly. But even subconsciously, because again, this is something that I've talked about and I'm like, oh, I don't do this. I do this when I'm driving for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if it just stresses me out or again, I'm thinking about a lot of different things. And so my abs just kind of turn on and clench. But again, kind of check in with yourself. Are you ever doing this? Because at rest, nothing should be turned on. Your belly should be turned off. Let the belly go. Let it hang out. Even if you're standing, let it hang out, you guys. The only time we really want to have tone in that core system is when we're active. So if you are like speed walking or lifting, pushing, pulling anything, exercising, then we want a little tone to the system. But even then, we need it to be uniform and symmetrical so that the whole system is supporting and we don't just have like one band of the abdomen engaging at all times because this is what tends to be the case. Um, And this is what can be really hard with balancing that core system if we have a section in the abs that are just so clenched and won't let go it makes it really hard for those lower abs to turn on i see this a lot postpartum because during pregnancy that belly's been stretched out so those lower abs are just like barely turning on and barely engaging and so the upper abs are like someone has to hold us together and keep us from falling apart so they are they're working really hard and then postpartum this can be really challenging to get rid of because when you go to re-engage that core you're getting a top-down effect where those upper abs are engaging first pushing pressure down on the pelvic floor so we just want to watch that clenching So tune in and see, you might be surprised where this shows up for you because I know I have been surprised with myself. But our next bad habit that um, kind of goes hand in hand with some of the things I've already touched on a little bit, but I just want to reiterate how important our posture is and how much this habit really can be a game changer in your pelvic floor symptoms. I know I've had quite a few patients where just bringing their awareness to that posture and trying to stack that pelvic girdle onto the rib cage and vice versa, that they're able to feel more aligned, but it also puts the muscles in a position where they can function better and therefore also not be super tense and tight. Because just like how we talked about with the clenching, if you are constantly clenching your glutes or constantly clenching that pelvic floor, you can imagine how that would be super detrimental to the pelvic floor, right? We want to make sure that those muscles have that flexibility to move through their full range of motion. And so when we think about posture, especially when we think about posture like um, sticking your hips forward. So I see this posture all the time, especially in mom world at the parks and with new babies. Moms hold their babies and they bounce them. And typically their upper trunk is just a little bit behind their hips. Their hips are forward. They're kind of hanging on those hip ligaments and they're just bouncing the babies. 
And even when they're not bouncing, they're just kind of hanging on their hips. Their hips kind of fall slightly in front of their trunk. And this puts, puts their pelvis in a posterior pelvic tilt. So that pelvis is tilted back like a dog tucking their tail. And you can imagine what this does to the pelvic floor itself and to the glutes. It shuts it off and shortens them, putting them in more of a clenched state. So even if the muscles aren't active and tightening, they're in a position where now they can't really fully function and will end up in a tighter state just from being in that position over time. So again, just another thing, have those body checks and awareness and check in with your posture because we really want to make sure, you know, and I... I have and will do more on posture, but the next posture is the best posture. We don't want to be in any posture for too long. However, there are certain postural positions that really can increase a lot of the pressure down on the pelvic floor. So even just slouching, unfortunately, that terrible sitting computer tech neck posture, forward rounded shoulders, this puts a lot of pressure down on the pelvic floor. You can feel it and you can even see it as soon as you slouch. That lower belly space pooches out. And that lower belly space, remember, is a window into what is happening in the pelvic floor. So we just want to use that space as a key to check in and see how are we stacking our pelvic girdle and our rib cage. Because again, we don't want that tucked tail, flexed trunk forcing pressure down, shutting off the glutes, cramping up the pelvic floor. But we also don't really want that swayed out rib cage, swayed back, tailbone sticking out. That is also going to put a lot of tension on the back and stretch out your abdominal wall, making it hard for your core to function and which is going to put a lot of demand and pressure on the pelvic floor. So this goes both ways, especially under effort. That's really when we want to be mindful of our posture, but also if you're just in a position for a while. So say you have to work and you know you have to sit for a while, probably pretty beneficial to check in on that posture. Maybe you have to stand for a while. Again, pretty beneficial to check in on that posture. Every 15, 30 minutes, just kind of screen your body and switch it up. Maybe you break it up with some pelvic tilts, some breath work, some shoulder squeezes and chin tucks, some things to kind of remind your body where it's supposed to be and loosen it up a little bit. And again, if you're having any issues wondering where your posture should be, definitely reach out. Or if you're having issues with clenching or any of these habits, I know it can be kind of hard. Like I said, I teach this and coach this all the time for the last few years, six, seven, six years now. And um, it's been really eye-opening realizing how much I still hold on to and the patterns my body still falls into. So it's just super beneficial to really check in. Um, the next habit, so this fourth habit I have, uh, is avoiding drinking water. So especially if you're someone who leaks, or especially if you're someone who feels like you are in the bathroom all the time, or you just have that urge to go, maybe it feels like a burning UTI sensation, you just can't get it to go away, or maybe you do, you just feel like, oh, I have to pee, and you're going pretty regularly, and you're not able to hold it every two to four hours, these people tend to avoid drinking fluids, but especially water. We really, really need to get water in our system, you guys, for so many reasons. Again, we need to go back to just those basic foundational pieces of our health, sleep, water, nutrition, 
movement. These core pieces need to be in play for your body to function and for you to feel good. Water is amazing, obviously, for so many reasons. It does hydrate our tissue, and so it's going to make it so that your uh, bladder, which is a muscle, is more flexible. It makes it so those pelvic floor muscles, which are, again, muscles, they need to be hydrated and plump. Otherwise, if you're dehydrated, you can visualize your muscles being more like jerky and dried out and stiff and unable to really function as well as they should and respond as they should. They tend to be stiffer and tighter. And so having enough fluid and staying hydrated really just makes those the whole body, the the muscles, the bladder, but you know, even beyond the hydration piece, it normalizes your bowels, which also is due to hydration, right? We need all of that water to help make sure we're having nice, soft bowel movements and we're not getting constipated. Uh, because again, being constipated just puts a lot of extra weight, a lot of extra pressure on the pelvic floor, and we can really really make big, big improvements in the pelvic floor just by normalizing your bowels and getting constipation to go away. This, cause this usually normally not only leads to, you know, heaviness and weight, but all an inflammation really, cause everything gets inflamed when we're constipated, but um, also it causes us to strain and really push, which is actually obviously forcing a ton of pressure down on the pelvic floor. Again, risk of hemorrhoids, prolapse, we don't want to be straining. So if you're straining, you're probably constipated. You probably already know that. But even if you're not really straining, but you're not going every day, or maybe you even go every day, but you don't feel like you fully empty and there's still some stuff in there, you might be constipated. Getting water and enough water, so we want to aim for half our body weight in ounces of water can make a huge difference in how our body shows up for us. Because also that bladder it's a muscle. It needs to stretch. If we're avoiding drinking fluids because we're afraid we have to pee all the time, that bladder's probably not really stretching, especially if we're going just in case. We're never giving our bladder that chance to stretch and find its full range of motion and capacity, especially if you have a hard time with going to the bathroom at night and you find yourself waking up to go a lot at night. Um, this can be part of that problem. So we want to make sure that your bladder is able to hold for you and have the elasticity and flexibility. So just drink the water, please. If you are afraid that it's going to make you leak more or make you go to the bathroom more, there are a lot of other things that we can work on and strategies that we can give you to help manage those moments while still making sure you're getting in enough fluid. So the last tip I have for you guys today, because I'm sure I could go on <laughs> and on about things that people could work on and things that we are habits we are taking on. But um, the last one follows that constipation realm. So ignoring the urge to go to the bathroom and go poop. It can come and go and not seem like a super intense feeling until it is. <laughs> and if it is, you've already missed the signs. Your body shouldn't be giving you super intense heaviness or pressure or gut irritation and discomfort to have a bowel movement. So if you are feeling that when you are going to have a bowel movement, you've waited too long. Ideally, the bowels do like a, ha a pattern, just like our um, bladder does. So just like we can rewire the brain bladder reflex pattern, we can also rewire the bowel brain 
pattern. And that is really helpful, especially for people who are not going every day and their body just doesn't really have a routine or a rhythm down. Creating that rhythm and routine can help the brain in the bowels get on board so that you are starting to have regular bowel movements because again we really want to avoid any constipation this just causes so many problems and so drink the water go to the bathroom we're only going if we have the urge right and we are not clenching and holding in our gut or our butt or our pelvic floor we are trying to be aware of our alignment and our posturing and I know it's a lot and it's going to take a little bit to start observing your own patterns and your own habits, but I know that these are going to be so helpful for you as you start to identify these habits that you might have in your life because they do change so much of how your pelvic floor and your body show up for you. So I do hope this was helpful. Please come over to the Balanced Momtality Wellness and Support. Let me know what habits you found that you're doing. I would love to know. I think it's so interesting seeing the patterns of everybody else in their brain and how their body shows up for them. And I'll step in and I'm there to help support you guys and troubleshoot it. So go on over there. Let me know what you thought of the episode. And as always, if you could, if you haven't already, please leave me a five-star review. Scroll down to my iTunes page. It really helps me get seen in front of other women so that they can find this information and not be stuck suffering for years and years and years. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. I know you've got so many other important things going on, but I hope it was helpful and you leave here with some tools to help you in your healing journey. And I just want to ask you if you have found this helpful to please leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of my podcast page and leave that five-star review so it can help other women see this information. And also, if you want to be a part of my community of amazing women trying to balance all the things, great tips and insight and sharing stories and just motivating each other along the way, feel free to join my Facebook group, The Balanced Mentality Wellness and Support. I hope to see you here next time on The Balanced Mentality Podcast.